Welcome to Honest Talk about heartbreak, dating, and relationships. Relationships. The podcast helping you navigate your path to happy ever after with your host, Rob McPhillips. Um, Sanjay is the creator of uh, a dating app called Elate Date. If, if I just pass you over, Sanjay, do you want to um, just give people a little bit of details about what um, what they can find out from you? And yeah, so yeah, so uh, hi everyone. Um, I think I've uh, seen some of you guys on this before, uh, but yeah, so I'm uh, the founder of, uh, of a dating app called Elate. Um, we're just um, kind of launching at the moment, uh, and I. Not traditionally from the um, uh, dating world, like I actually worked in kind of marketing and, and business um, for kind of different companies like O2 and stuff. But we got into the, the dating world uh, more recently and working with a, a kind of a company called You Created to, to build this app and uh, trying to build something a little bit different. So, yeah, so it'd be really interesting to hear what you guys kind of think and what your frustrations and stuff are with uh, dating apps generally and then I'll try and give you a little bit of an insight on what it's like to kind of build one and uh, what it's like um, to kind of try and match people uh, in an app. Okay well thank you for being here Sanjay. While, while we're waiting for everyone to get on um, what we'll do is we'll break out into um, breakout rooms and the topic of discussion is what what is your biggest frustration with dating apps hi um i would say for me on my personal experience like over the past i'll say eight years like it started off with plenty of fish um i tried plenty of fish and Eventually, like, what's it? This was like a year and a bit ago. I, I finally decided I just gave up with it and deleted it off. I've deleted it off. Didn't know how to like clear my whole profile on, on the actual site. So I just deleted the app because um, basically, on Plenty of Fish, for example, I was just never getting any messages from girls that I, that, that I was interested in. Okay. Um, it was just so basically, I would always come, I would browse through girls close, close in my area. And I'll drop a message. I'll drop a message. I tried to make, I tried my best to make the messages, the first message, like, um, how would you call? Not too basic, but some, something to like start a conversation off. And even now I still get, I don't, I don't get a single message. I know they've seen my message. They've seen my, they've looked at my profile, but they don't respond back. So that's one, that was one, that's one frustration. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll just, Pause you there, Des. Um, what we're going to do is we're going to go into breakout rooms so, so we can discuss this in smaller groups. Um, so if you want to discuss it there, and then what we're going to do is come back, um, pick Sanjay's brains of how to find a solution for you. Okay. Okay. So I'm just going to send everyone in. We'll go for 12 minutes. So you're in groups of four, so it should be about three minutes each. I cut you off. I don't know if you want to carry on where you were. Lost you from my screen. Days, days, days. Okay, um, I'll start off. Like um, I've been on, I'm, I've been on pretty much every social media to dating sites over the over the years, and uh, for me, me and girls, it's basically just anything I do to try and like 
trying to try and get any girls that I want. It's just nothing seems to work for me because I never get anywhere because the only thing I get with girls is just endless rejections or time wasters who are they're not interested, but they enjoy like wasting my time one way or another. So I've, I've joined many dating sites from to, from Plenty of Fish to Tinder to Cupid to Hinge, you name it. Um, as I mentioned before with with Plenty of Fish, I've, I've deleted Plenty of Fish over a year and a bit ago because I, was, I wasn't getting nowhere. Like um, every girl that I've messaged on there, no, no one wanted to, basically I just, not one girl have, have got back to me. They've looked at my profile, but none of them have got back to me. So I've finally gave up with that. I'm on Tinder. I'm still on Tinder, but I just barely use it nowadays because I'll I'll rarely get a match. And then if I get a match, and I'll try to get a conversation out of him, just get enough conversation so I can get so I can like get off Tinder, like onto like text and WhatsApp. Um, they, they don't even they don't even talk back, or they'll just say a few messages, and then you never hear from them again. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so um, so that, that that's quite a general um, thing about dating sites in general. It's it's not particularly about the app, but it's about the like online dating. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so so that's going to be about. Uh, I don't know if you want to jump in, Sanjay, but I'm I'm just going to. When if I was looking at that, that would be about who you're targeting the profile that you've got something is is either they're not the right matches or um that but i but i think the focus we're going to talk about mostly here is how you can make the algorithms work for you how what kind of profile um whereas i think this is more of a dating question than a dating app does that make sense des i don't know what you think sanjay yeah so um just make sure i'm not mute um, I think it comes down Hello? not just to. Can you guys hear me wrong? Hello. Yeah, I can hear you. Uh, can you can you hear Sanjay Des? Yeah. So, well, I think one of the things that I was thinking about this is is you know it, it's definitely a frustration that you will experience on on dating apps. There's a couple of things that fundamentally are a problem with the industry that mean it's more likely to happen. The first one is the massive skew towards male users compared to female users. So um, this, this is, the stat is 60-40 in terms of there's 60% men versus 40% women, but that's like a general kind of industry-wide thing, but it's on some it's far, far worse. So like the likes of Plenty of Fish, Tinder, I mean, there's been some app, there's some statistics that say that Tinder's like nine guys for every one woman. Um, even on Bumble, which are uh, apps that are designed for women or marketed to women, are it's it's way uh, kind of uh, way more. There's way more men than there are women, so that's yeah. the first problem. That is just something that unfortunately you just kind of have to deal with. The second thing is in terms of you talking about time wasters and 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 just kind of not you know getting anywhere. Another thing to kind of consider is that not all dating apps are made equal. That you, what you're trying to um, get from the app in terms of what you're looking for in terms of relationship makes a big difference to the type of app you should use. Um, so I like would say never use something like Plenty of Fish. If you're looking for a relationship, never use something like Tinder. Um, just because the way that the apps are designed 
aren't made to optimize to a relationship. So, um, you know, Tinder is primarily superficial, even though you, if you try really hard because it has the most amount of users, you could probably find a relationship on there. My ex I'd met on Tinder a few years ago, um, but ultimately it's a lot, it's a much harder slog because it's a lot harder to find out who is there for what. And then um, the other thing to think about is, is uh, the barrier to entry in terms of the, the, how easy it is to set up an account. The, the easier it is to set up an account, the more time wasters you're going to have, basically, because there's no qualifying of the person who's coming onto the app. Um, if you're going on Tinder, you can do it with a couple of pictures and not say a single thing. Um, and so there's no guarantee that they're actually going to be worthwhile talking to. And a lot of people, and there's a lot of stats and data that shows that actually there's a good proportion of people who, that, who go on dating apps like Tinder um, simply for, you know, to, to, to kind of pass the time as a game. I mean, they're, they're built like games for a reason because it keeps people in the app. Mm. Um, another thing, like, like, because I've, I've barely still using Tinder, but a hell of a lot less, only because with the experience which I've mentioned before, and I've been watching different many YouTube videos, like I know like different Mason go out and meet girls outside of the online world as well, um, and that and looked at different dating coaches and and pickup artists where they say like oh oh to do like to go out and meet girls oh you must say this or you must do this or do this do that um go out go out in the open public you know in the streets like say for example like um, if we're out in the city centre and I see girls walking about um just go out and start approaching them or like how to approach girls in the, on the nightlife you know like Okay. I've just been looking at looking at outside the box, like not not limiting myself to just only looking at dating apps. Right. But, um, yeah. Des, I'm going to stop you there. Um, what we're yeah. going to talk because uh, what we're, I want to talk about for everyone is so that we can get the most use out of dating apps. So yeah, what yeah. we're going to do is we're going to talk about dating apps for now, problems with dating mm -hmm. apps, um, and then at the end, um, when we've gone through that. Um, we can discuss uh, you, your particular situation and the questions. Um, but yeah. that's more of a generic dating rather than uh, what I want to do in our time here is get the most, uh, everyone can get the most out of uh, dating apps and use them in the most effective way. So hold, if you hold on to that question, uh, yeah, sure. we'll, we'll get back to that later. Okay. Sure. Um, so if anyone else wants to talk, but before they do, if everyone could put some something in the chat in the chat box about what your biggest frustrations are with um, dating apps and online dating. Uh, may I ask some technical things? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, can companies do some tricks in their apps, like uh, have some sort of chatbot, like uh, the automatic generated message to people to keep them on, and it's not real people there some sort of, of fishy algorithm somewhere on their apps or? Yeah, you mean like, can they have fake profiles and can they make it look busier than it is? Do you mean like they have, can they have uh, fake profiles and sort of scam people? Sort of, yeah, or maybe just to keep people on in their chat. So when sometimes you, yeah. you, you log into uh, some dating apps and you just immediately start chatting with someone and all you do is ask questions, but you don't reply on anything. 
and yeah. you keep answering and you don't get and when you ask questions you don't get a reply at all these sort of things so is this is uh, something meant by the company or it's just some scams here or Okay. Okay. Um, what we're doing is we're going to collect the list of problems, and then um, Sam's just going to um, take us through uh, exactly what the problems are, why, and how you can overcome them. So, so that yeah, that's basically later about so about fake profiles or like chat. yeah, and about fake profiles, keep making it look busier than it is, and um, people engaging people and kind of leading them to a paid. so there's there's two ways of looking at it so one which is the actual app itself um which is is if because i so i wouldn't say that the apps themselves or the companies themselves if we're talking about the likes of tinder plenty of fish all of these big kind of companies i wouldn't say that they're doing it maybe some of the smaller ones there's there's what they're called um uh, the affiliate apps so these are basically reskinned versions of of apps and the whole purpose of these businesses are literally just to get get users in cheaply make them pay some money and then they don't care if they lose them because they're not actually trying to get them to match with anyone they're just trying to get some money from them and these companies just constantly spending money on kind of performance out um, paid advertising to bring you in so they're certainly the type of company that potentially has those sorts of kind of um, tactics um, because they're not likely to retain users very well and they're just going to want to try and get you in there and pay some money and then if they lose you, they don't care because they've got the money out of you. The problem with the bigger apps, certainly things like Tinder and that, is that there are, it's literally big business um, in uh, in terms of, there are entire companies that are in Eastern Europe where they create profiles and they they literally just trying to, they're just a bunch of fraudsters. Um, and they they go to these industry events. Even they're like, there's, it's well known within the industry that they're kind of creating it. So it's a problem. I wouldn't necessarily say it's always the company itself that's doing it. In some instances, it's like so. There there are certainly some companies that will be creating fake profiles to make it seem like there's more people on there if they're just trying to get you to kind of pay for a subscription or something. Um, but then on the flip side, there's also a lot of companies. It goes again back to what I was saying, that the, the, how hard it is to create a profile, the easier it is for them to kind of, the fraudsters and, and the, the kind of people who are just trying to, you know, uh, scam you to, to create the profiles. Okay. Thank you. Hi, Gray, were you, you going to... Thank you. Okay, um, unless there's anyone else um, who, who's got something to say no, Yes, uh, sorry, Louisa and then John's got something. Yeah, I just find people in dating app tend to be addicted to using dating uh, app to talk to people, even when they are dating or when they move to a relationship. Like when you feel bored, you want to just find someone to talk, not seriously. Or yeah. I don't like it. Especially I, I met my last my ex from, uh, from Tinder and we were in a relationship for two years. But he was using Tinder still in, when we are 
we were in relationship. It's not just happened to me, it's also happened to many of my friends around me who, who, you, who feel bored and they switch left and right. Mm -hmm. just, just, just talk to people and not seriously enough. Or even when they're in relationship, some of them might flirt with other guys or girls. I, I just doubt it because I found just habits, I think. When you feel bored, you want to use social media, get the attention. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think we'll we'll talk about that um, uh, when we go into more de in more depth. Um, but I do think that is is uh, one of the things. I think Sanjay will be able to talk about that later. Mm -hmm. um, John. Uh, yeah, I, I um, I've had mixed experience with uh, various dating apps, largely Tinder and Bumble over the years. Uh, I had um, uh, a two-year relationship. It was really good uh, with um, a Dutch uh, academic, uh, and that was great. I must say, um, I feel inhibited by the fact that I'm um, a stroke survivor. Uh, I may be very good stroke survivor, you know, uh, I, that's what I do as my job. I, I'm uh, a barrister uh, representing disabled people in uh, claims on the Equality Act. Um, and I think there's a lot to say about it and I'm passionate about it. Uh, but I, I sometimes wonder whether there's two things which uh, preclude the algorithms really working for me. Uh, firstly, it's such a small, narrow uh, band of people who are disabled and are coming on to... Uh, uh, um, Web um, uh, dating websites, and two, uh, maybe if uh, your key uh, material concern is how much money do people spend, you have to get them uh, excited by your website, and you want loads of people and loads of things. The, the the small groups like, for example, disabled people, you, you're never going to get a bother because uh, what's the point? Because they're disabled and they, you know, uh, are uh, universally pretty uh, poor and university, uh, university, you know, frankly, who cares? I, I mean, that's a maybe uh, a cynical view, but uh, I'd be interested in what uh, Sanjay has to say about it. And um, so, just to recap, so you, your kind of concern is that the disabled kind of community is just definitely under kind of represented and, and underserved, basically. Is that kind of a summary of what you're saying? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think you're probably, I think you're right. Um, I don't know of any specific um, 
service i'm sure there probably is but i'd have to look into it but whether there's a specific service for kind of people who are um differently abled um but yeah the, the, the problem with certainly the bigger ones is that they are designed to be as broad as possible and so um and to kind of put as much yeah, as much focus on the users doing the self-selection as opposed to them kind of catering to each each different type of um, uh, segment. Um, I think, and but then on the flip side, there are countless kind of niche um, dating sites. And in fact, the majority of new dating sites and dating apps that come about are niche um, apps because it's easier to try and build something that is the same as all the others, but after a specific target market, as opposed to trying to create something genuinely different in terms of the app itself. Um, and so I guess the, the hope is that, that you could be served in that way because then it's kind of literally capturing those people and, and providing that. But then on the flip side, you, the, I think the better longer term solution is to just have the, the major sites and major apps kind of serve them better. So unfortunately, yeah, there's not, not really much I can say in terms of like how we get to that point, but it's a definitely a really good thing to raise. And um, yeah, hopefully we can kind of move to something. It's certainly something I'll be thinking about um, for late. Um, so there's, there's quite a few I'm, I'm going through and trying to uh, make sure I've caught everything from the chat. Um, but what, what I thought would be uh, interesting was if we were to break out into breakout groups and um, consider, so, so a lot of these, um, a lot of these problems from my view originate from this, there's a um, conflict of interest where if you're a user on an app, you want to use the app without paying and you, you want to get the best match. Um, and whereas the app has to make some money. Um, and so there's always going to be that pressure to push people towards, towards paying. So <clears throat> one way of understanding uh, <clears throat> the problems is if we were to think of what would be the perfect app, what would be the perfect app that you would like to use? One that's also going to be sustainable for the company to continue making it. And, um, so what would be the things that you'd be willing to pay for? What would be uh, the features that you'd want to get eliminate? So the discussion is to create a wish list of the perfect app. Yeah, yes. Everyone, uh, everyone absolutely. got yeah. I just wanted to uh, raise some points. I think what, what you said is definitely um, um, regarding paying for, for the apps. I, for example, I wouldn't mind paying but I would want some sort of rapport or guarantee that this app would be uh, able to match me to someone. So I think what refrains me from paying many times is that uh, I feel that maybe it's not worth it or it is, it's not going to work, you know? Hmm. So also if the apps or the websites have some sort of, um, how can I say, like reliability or some sort of can, can give some guarantee that, okay, we are doing this and, uh, the potential to work it's quite high then i think uh, paying would not be that bad but then again i've never paid for, for yeah. a website or for an app so i don't really know yeah i i mean i i, I would say um I, i'm glad you, you spoke up because i was looking at uh, not matching and, and wanted some clarity but i think i get that in the sense of that you don't want to pay and then find that you haven't met anyone 
Um, yes, I mean, I think it's um, one interesting point is what Sanjay said as well about uh, we need to be able to realize what we, want, we are looking for. So, for example, obviously on Tinder, we will probably not be able to find a serious relationship. I think this is a problem that I have. Maybe I'm not looking at the, the right websites or the right apps. Uh, but I think again, because because as Sanjay mentioned as well, there are some websites that they just, I think it was Sanjay or you, I forgot, that just want to make some money, then, you know, it keeps people a little bit like, oh, should I, should I pay, should I not? So maybe a website that can give some sort of, not a guarantee because nothing is guaranteed, right? But some sort of like, uh, uh, it has some uh, rapport or some like history of doing well. Maybe it exists. I don't know. Maybe I've not done my yeah. research properly. I, I think the problem with that, we'll, we'll get Sanjay to talk about, on that later. Um, but I think from you know my understanding, one of the problems with that is I talk to a lot of people um, and often they're maybe similar to like my age, maybe in their 50s, and they've set their profile to 20 to 30-year-old um, <laughs> girls. Um, and so it's the app can't help you if what you're looking for, you know, like your target market isn't receptive. Yeah, no, of course. I mean, that, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. But also this question of algorithms, I think, okay, Cupid, I've, I've, I've registered there. I've not used it that much, but I think they are quite good because they have all those questions and then about interests, different interests, and then it matches with people with similar interests, interests as you, and then it gives some a percentage level of like, how much do you match? With the person i think that's yeah. that's quite good um yeah but i believe maybe in the future with uh, more advances in technology maybe we'll get better matches i don't know <laughs> well yeah definitely hopefully and, and i think uh, sanjay might have some ideas on that and uh um so um i think it's better if we break out now so that um you are able to to think, come up with your ideas like wish list um, and obviously, Sanjay, if you um, don't join the breakout groups, because I think that gives your group an unfair advantage. Um, <laughs> and what we'll do in the meantime is we'll work through uh, the issues based on what's in the chat. Um, and then that will give uh, Sanjay some time to, to work out what issues uh, we're going to talk about afterwards. Yeah. Okay, so the topic is building a perfect app for you uh, will be 12 minutes uh, just unmute yourself if you want to talk yeah, Rob, I, um, I was talking to my group and I suggested that we need to have some kind of built-in interaction so I was saying something like um, a speed dating app um, or some kind of like game interaction so you can you can go you could play cards or I don't know play word games and you meet up with that you know meet up with the group so it ends up becoming a fun a fun session and you can then you know chat to somebody if you like them and and then you know and if in the decision at the set at the end of the session you don't meet anyone it doesn't matter you had a fun time of interacting and then you can attend the next session next week for example um, and you could do as a pay as you go or you could pay 10 at a disc 10 sessions at a discount so it's built-in interacting 
I like that idea because it takes, I think it takes the pressure off of dating because if you've got, it's quite intense one-on-one, whereas if you've got like a triangle, um, it diffuses the attention and it makes, you can sort of see um, a different sides of someone without too much pressure. Mm. And also you want to see how other people interact with each other. Mm. I think that's it's moving us too much to virtual reality though it's getting deeper into the whole virtual world of everything though like I think that that's the direction they're probably going to head in anyway because I think all technology is going to head in that direction I think yeah maybe I, I, think, I, I think that's I think that's a downside to dating apps you miss so they might be a profile for example and, and on a 2d picture I wouldn't necessarily speak to that person whereas if I'd met them in real life heard them speaking saw the mannerisms the tone of voice I might be attracted to them does that make sense it does it does I I I think I think perhaps it depends I think it would work for certain people because I think some people are quite nervous of dating um, and that one-to-one is quite intense whereas if it's diffused I think it will make them I think the, the thing is that people go at different speeds. Some people just want to meet um, and get in, in real life. And some people are uncomfortable with that and, and want a long time chatting. Someone else in our group actually men- mentioned having group meetings. But I th- I've been to sort of group meetings in real life and I just find there's a lot of com- competitiveness and it sort of becomes a bit catty. Um, because there might be one nice guy at the table and rather than people thinking, okay, who's compatible with who, it's more, oh, start clawing then because it's just, it's very um, competitive rather than, rather than anything else. Yeah, I went on a virtual speed dating and they put you all into the same room at the end you get some people with quite overpowering personalities who are just trying to talk over a lot of the others or we've been drinking. So it, their personality might just think, well, I'm just going to talk over people or I'm going to try and talk a lot more and look at me, I'm outgoing, I'm really chatty. So you're just not getting a word in edgeways. Um, if I'm trying to describe, it's a bit of a scenario. It was, it was on Zoom. You had your individual speed dating and then all thrown into a room at the end. But if you've got 15 people in a room, it's not true to life of true speed dating, which I've not done many times, but I've done about three times in six years. And you don't tend to have 15 people all clustered together where one person or two people are all trying to talk. Mm. So that wasn't although the speed dating section was true to life a bit as much as you were getting during lockdown the throwing everybody into the room wasn't and I'm just crying I agree with Sasha where sometimes you get somebody with a personality and be like hang on I'm not being able to get to talk here. was that online Daz? it Zoom. was it was on it was on Zoom yeah. yeah I mean that's really difficult isn't it because you know on Zoom you always do get somebody who's a bit more overpowering you can't get word in their trace you can't read people on Zoom at all you haven't got you know when you meet somebody in real life I think events need to be personally I don't want to do stuff on Zoom I don't want to do something on the internet I want connection in real life I want to 
because you don't know until you meet somebody how you're going how they're going to make you feel because we're all linked give off energy and and it is about you know that you can hear the tone of voice you can you can pick up social cues you can't pick up social cues across the internet so i think it is for me i mean i i like the idea of kind of games and activities and doing stuff i think that's really i hate speed dating that just is my worst mm. nightmare they could have app arranged sort of outside app meetup groups. There's quite a lot yeah. of them um, actually springing up. Um, there's one that's called, um, oh, I've forgotten that, Charlie, Meet My uh, Friend Charlie or something like that. Yeah, I've seen yeah. that one. Yeah, I've seen that one, but it's, it's, it's been a bit postponed at the moment because of uh, COVID in Manchester. Yeah, they just started up last week, I think, again. So there will be more. I've, no, I've not gone on one yet. Um, I'd be interested to see what it's like. The thing about um, stuff like that, to I think it's at Sasha's point, it's, it can be competitive, I can imagine, um, because the goal for the people turning up there is to meet someone. I've... Um, What's the name of that site? I'm sorry. Oh... Uh, my friend Charlie. My friend Charlie, that's the one. But I don't know that they have that many events in certainly not where I live. Yeah, I think they're a bit focused on like um, London. Yeah. Um, John, John, you had something to uh, say? Yeah, I, I, I must agree with uh, Gemma and Sasha uh, that um i i look on uh what marks out my perfect dating site as uh introducing me to a lot of people having a certain amount of uh, flirtatious uh internet chat and then meeting and meeting as soon as you can because um the person who you profiled the difference from Slightly different from the person who was uh, um, internet chatting to you, and slightly different from the person who was um, um, actually uh, on in real life uh, um, attending your first blind date, and it's uh, very different. Um, different to sort out who you're attracted to, and unless you meet them. I, I also uh, said as a, a joke, but uh, maybe it's a more uh, 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 serious than a joke. I, I think that um, not uh, uh, Nick uh, and Sanjay, uh, that it's not, not uh, perfectly proper that you uh, ask a series of questions you, uh, you can, but uh, we... Um, uh, dating that users uh, are in a position of power. You know, you know it, it may be what you uh, want to talk about, but, uh, you know, I, I uh, would certainly be uh, not adverse to uh, meeting up for uh, a drink when uh, COVID uh, allows us for uh, the people here and uh, like people. Not uh, 
for the uh, dating app, but uh, to uh, exchange war stories because, uh, you know, it's uh, in so interesting hearing different people's um, point of view and different problems that they've had, some of which are the same, of remarkably the same uh, as mine, some of it which are completely different, but um, uh, equally well horror stories. Anyway, uh, that's uh, what I have to say. Yeah, that's that's basically what the I mean that's the the focus of this meetup group is um, not to meet someone today, but to meet people to discuss relationships and dating, um, so that we can go back to dating and relationships with a, a, um, a different perspective that we've gained from from other people's experiences. Yeah, I think that um, we were talking about this specific one, the whole purpose of this one was literally to do that, talk, talk about horror stories, war stories on dating apps. And then if I can give some sort of perspective on, or at least some sort of context as to why it might be that, and you could hopefully use that to get something out of it, then that's great. But otherwise, yeah, just talk about um, what you like, what you don't like. We, we had a bit of a difference in our group because, um, Richard was talking about basically the idea of being in an app, you, you know, you should get off app as quickly as possible. But I kind of, I'm quite excited about the idea of algorithms, but I, I, I don't know anything about them, but I just feel that we're right at the start of the algorithm and the algorithm is like, so it's shockingly bad. Why, why is it, why is it saying you're Taurus? your Aries, oh, you, you should sit in the same room. You like cats, you like dogs. These aren't the things that make relationships work. It's like what I actually believe in life and what's in my head or what I think about relationships or communication or maybe what I like to do. Why are apps still saying, do you like dogs or cats? I mean, that does not, you know, let's just not have a pet, but... Real is that really where algorithms are at? Like cats and dogs. I, I I think there's a lack of underlying relationship knowledge. I think as a society in general, um, when we look at when you even just the subject of psychology is only 150 years old, um, and we've got a society that is probably 12,000 years, um, and so there's so li little knowledge. I mean, um, John Gottman's got the most research, but before before that, there's there's very little on what makes relationships work. Um, and so I think then you've got um, so dating sites are, are going to work on what's in the mainstream knowledge. Um, Sanjay, I, I'm I'm going to pass it over to you now because you've got. Um, well, you've got a gist of what the problems are and yeah um, so that's Laura you're I mean you're, you're completely right they're not they're not as sophisticated as you think you are and then the objective of or the way that the algorithms are built are probably not built in the way that you think they are and I can't talk for them I mean obviously I talk from our, our own app but none of these um, apps or sites really broadcast exactly how they do it they do to an extent certainly the likes of eHarmony okay cupid because of the way that they've been built talk about it um but 
yeah, you're, you're, you're right. They're not, I mean, they're not designed to like understand you as a person and then match you up with someone else. Um, I can quickly touch on how it works because without boring the hell out of everyone on the call, but there's, there's like the, um, there's, there's what's called, well, there's the filtering, which is just like what you would have as your, your deal breakers and just what you setting as your kind of wants and dislikes. Uh, um, and that's an easy enough thing for any of the apps to do. Um, it's interesting. Uh, there's lots of talk about exactly um, how much of a deal breaker a deal breaker is though, um, because you know, you can, or you can almost go too narrow um, and put too many stipulations on, especially with things like height. Um, because like, if you say you want this height to this height and then you miss it by one inch, you could miss out this perfect person, that sort of thing. Um, so there's that the most basic in terms of filtering. And then there's this, you'll find that the majority of apps use something called collaborative filtering. And what that is, is basically it's like Amazon's recommendation. It's the same type of um, thing that you see in Amazon where it says you like this. So here are some other things that you might like. And because these apps aren't trying to understand you as a person, they're just looking for things that indicate that you might match with someone. So Tinder is a really good example. Like Tinder is not, is the objective of Tinder is not to get you a relationship. It's to get you dates. They don't even record when you do get a relationship. So they have no way of optimizing for that. And they don't take any information about who you are as a person. It's very, very superficial. But then on the flip side, they've got a very, very, they've got probably one of the biggest kind of um, machine learning teams in the industry. Um, and they put a lot of money into it, but it's very much based on you like this person. Okay. So other people who've liked that person also like this person. So here you go. Um, then you do have the ones that are kind of more predictive and, and trying to, you know, based on, so like, okay, Cupid and, and, um, an eHarmony where they try to uh, uh, look at who you are as a person. But even then, it's like trying to limit it to the absolute most important kind of indicators that you're going to find someone in the match. So the person who um, I think in the, the data team at eHarmony has even said, like, it gives you this kind of scale, but they largely ignore what you write if you don't have a really strong opinion one way or the other. So because it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not a strong enough indicator that it's going to make a difference to. So the best thing is when you're answering those questions is to have a extreme opinion one way or the other, if you think it's going to have an impact on who you want to see. Does that make sense? Yeah. Did anyone else have any thoughts on that? Like how they match or how they are, you know, how they feel like the algorithms work for them? Yeah, I have uh one question for this machine learning algorithm stuff. So it seems like, for me, I'm from machine learning background, by the way. Mm. And it seems like recommendation system in Amazon and or any show, online shopping website, it seems like the algorithm is kind of, or the problem is a bit more complicated than dating because dating you already give some data. So it seems like doing this matching is, is a bit easier than recommendation system in Amazon. But it, for me, it feels like the companies are, especially if, it, if you are free, not paying, it's not like very keen to, to do this kind of matching. Uh, as, as Rob said at the beginning, there is sort of trade-off between do the matching 
and earning some money. So, for example, if I click match on, on, on some web, app, like click uh, like, and then the app gives my profile to the same person I click like on their profile and gives them the chance to, to say, okay, I like this guy. So we'll end up having a chat in, in a free way. And then the company will not earn much. Uh, it, it, it's, so from where the company will get money then? If it is, everything will be perfect. So it seems like, at least for me, for me from machine learning background, it seems like the problem of doing a recommendation on some website like Amazon is much, much harder to do it in web and in dating apps. So it seems like the companies are doing some sort of not doing it or they don't want to do it to gain some profits out of it or I don't know. Yeah, I think uh, I think it depends on which company you're talking about. I'm sure there are some that do put a lot into it. Coffee Meets Bagel is one that I know puts a lot of effort into their algorithms. But in the end, it's still kind of collaborative filtering. And there's only so many data points that they have. So there's only so much that they can predict. Um, I think it's easier if all you're doing is trying to match someone for a date or just to talk to. I think it's a lot harder to try and match someone that you want to have a relationship with. Um, it's, I'd, I'd love to know like how successful eHarmony's one is because they take something like 150 questions to better understand who you are. And that's whittled down from the, I think they, when they first launched, they started with like 450, it's like insane. It takes 45 minutes to, to do. Um, but because they, because it's so prohibitively expensive and you kind of can't really do anything without paying for it. It's kind of, and then once you do pay for it, it's amazing how many people come up into that kind of one, over a hundred percent mark. And it's like, well, it doesn't feel like it's whittling them down at all. You know, there's one thing that the dating industry certainly suffers from quite a lot, which is paradox of choice. And um, you think they, they bombard you with so many choices and it distracts you from kind of making a connection with one person. Um, and how can you, you know, to, to Laura's point, like, you know, these aren't, the algorithms aren't doing a good enough job of actually picking someone for you. Um, so you basically have to do all the hard work yourself. So Sandy, my question to you is, seeing that you're an expert on all of the things that are not quite right, how is your site going to be different? Uh, <laughs> I can show you guys actually, if you want. Uh, without it turning into like a sales call. Um, but actually, I'll just, I'll, I'll pop the link in. So but there's three, there's a few different things that my app does. So firstly, talking about the paradox of choice, you can only talk to three people at a time. Um, so you, you can continue matching with people, but they go into a queue, you can't see who's in it. Um, and you only become available to talk to them when you both have a, a space free. Um, and so when you want to talk to someone new, you have to remove someone or you have to end a conversation. Hopefully it ends on a positive note to say that you, uh, you, you've met up, but either way, the other person gets notified. So you can't just post them. You can't just say this, you can't just stop talking to them because you can't talk to someone new. So the other person will at least be told. Um, and then the other thing is you have to give feedback, private feedback, but feedback. So you have to rate the, the person essentially. Um, 
And that's done primarily so we can tell if someone's a good person for the community or a bad person for the community. So if you're a serial ghoster or if you're rude or even things like your picture doesn't look like who you really are, if you keep getting that feedback, we'll do something that's called shadow banning, which is just means you won't get seen by anyone else. But on the flip side, if you get, you know, because pe people can still like each other, but then not want to date them. So if you get things like they were polite, respectful, all that stuff, then we'll try and help you more. And, and obviously you want to keep pushing that hard for you. Um, in terms of the algorithm side of things, we don't have the money of Tinder and stuff. So what we have focused on is actually splitting out the kind of um, the personality and the look side of things. So right now, if you're, for instance, on Tinder, it's very person uh, visual, it's very photo-based, superficial. So you kind of only match on that. But what we do is we take the bios and we show them without pictures first. So you match on the personality and then that unlocks their profile. And then you can see if you match on that to actually chat with someone. So it makes it a little bit slower to, so you can't go through as many profiles, but the idea is, the line I use is easy to find someone you fancy, harder to find someone you like. So, and that's it. That's, I've probably tried to put too many features in something that's brand new, but which, which is why it takes me so long to explain it to people, but um, hopefully it makes a, a difference. And the, the whole thing was, is uh, it all came out of trying to create something which was less toxic than some of these other ones. I mean, these, these, these apps are, very, very well designed for what they're, 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 they're made to be. Um, there's a lot of kind of gamification that comes out of things like Tinder and stuff. Um, it's addictive for a reason. Um, but it also means that people tend to, it encourages bad behavior. Not that necessarily people are bad. There are, you know, some people who are, but, you know, there's a certain level of anonymity. So there's no, there's no responsibility. Um, whereas if you are rated on something and you know that you won't get seen, if you were bad, hopefully that changes things. So, so was that from your personal experience? A bit, yeah, yeah. So I think I, so I got back in the dating game like end of uh, sort of middle of last year, and like I said, I was a positive on dating apps because I met my ex on them, but in a different time when there wasn't as many, and I think it wasn't as many people on there. So when I went back onto it, Tinder was like a cesspool. Like it was just. And the thing I noticed about the Tinder in particular and what came, what came out of this is the number of women's profiles that just have a list of, I don't want this, don't do this. Don't. And I, it made me just think, well, what the hell are the guys doing? There's so many women are putting this on their profile. It's insane how many women, like literally, they're not writing anything about themselves or who they are and why we should date them. They're just saying, don't do this, don't say that, don't talk to me if you're this. Um, and it seemed to be a very similar kind of conversation. I've got a few female friends and they have a tendency to show me the interactions that I have with these guys. And it's just, it blows my mind what some people say on um, conversations like that they have and the, the messages that women get. It's insane. I've been chatting with, a, there's a, uh, an Instagram account called Abby Does, Abby Does Dating. Um, and she posts a lot of the crap that she gets and they're horrific some of the things that she gets i don't know how if that's if that's especially the women on the call like if that's your experience or not um, yes yes 
can be. Yeah, can be quite, uh, mostly quite polite, but it can quickly take a wrong turn. And, um, you know, I'm guilty myself getting swept up in it sometimes. Um, I have to put, put the brakes on. And something happened similar last weekend, and then he deleted himself. So, uh, what can I say, men? <laughs> all that testosterone, it's, yeah, it's a free-for-all, isn't it, a lot of the time. Um, how to rein it in, I, I really don't know. How to rein that in, that attitude. Yeah. I think, yeah, because you have a reduced sense of accountability on these apps because you know you can just delete them and they'll never see you again and there's no, there's no, yeah, there's no consequences to your behavior um, unless you get reported. And actually, to be fair, all of the, um, all of the apps, they do have a similar kind of reporting function. If someone... Oh, yes, you can report. Absolutely, you can report. But the problem is if someone deletes themselves and you don't know, yeah. you, you can't report them. <laughs> why on our app you have to rate them you both get a chance to rate even if the other person has a conversation so they can't get so, so you're saying that you don't see their face initially um you 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 said that's just you you still you still can't match with them until you've seen their full profile it's just more like a, a filtering beforehand so the profiles that you see you know that you at least like their bios that's the aim so the bio comes first then the photo yeah. yeah, that's interesting. Um, the site I've been using at the moment, the app, I think um, they limit the number of likes that come through in a day. So that does make you engage more. Yeah, Hinge, so Hinge, I don't know if that's Hinge you're talking about. Hinge is a really good one. And I, like, I would say to anyone who's using like Plenty of Fish or Tinder for like a relationship, just stop using that one. They're, like one of the main things I think in terms of people's experiences with dating apps is that they choose the wrong dating app for what they're trying to do. They're not all made equal. Um, if you're after a relationship, go after a relationship app. Try it late. I'm going to say that, but, but Hinge is one of the, like they, they, you know, their strap line is designed to be deleted and they don't allow you to just swipe left and right. You have to like a specific image or one of their answers. And it just, the, the idea is that it's making you a bit more thoughtful um, and it slows you down. Um, whereas, and it also means that you have to try a little bit harder to create. So you have to bother. I mean, I think um, Lala, we were talking about this earlier that, you know, she's guilty of not putting a bio in um, because it is hard. And, and the same thing goes with like, um, think some of these other ones um you know it's and I, and I do hear that sometimes it's like you, you, you the worry is like when you create a profile you don't want to go through all that effort but the the thing i'd say to that is if you're trying to find someone for a relationship or you know something serious then it's worth the effort and that same thing goes for like photos as well you get people who like they don't put many old photos and or they put really old photos on and they'll answer their kind of responses i don't have any more recent photos or I don't have good photos, go out and take them because if you're trying to find a relationship, it's worth the effort. Um, can I just also mention that um, I, I did meet up with someone a few weeks ago and he told me he's on a few sites and he was actually, I think it was Elite Single, because he was a barrister, he was offered for, to Elite Singles to be on, not have to pay anything because they wanted him on it because he was a barrister. 
So I didn't even realize that that took place. So they're, they're picking people and saying, well, we want you on our site and, and you don't have to pay. <laughs> Interesting. I didn't know they did that. I know there are some apps that kind of require you to be vetted. There's like one called the league and then one called the inner circle, like the league, you have to connect your LinkedIn and stuff. The most exclusive one is Raya, R-A-Y-A. That's the one the celebrities are on. Oh. Yeah. You have to be introduced by someone on there and they check things like your, your Instagram follower, follower account. So if you don't have thousands, unfortunately, you're probably not going to make it on. I joined up uh, the league because I heard about it and I just wanted to see if this thing was really true. And to my group, I read out that I'm still 16,000 something or another in the line, in the queue, waiting to get to the head unless I pay. Because, um, and, and I joined in June, I think. So maybe next year I'm at, the, you know, a thousand or so, but who knows? So, and you, I don't know what you're going to get. So why should I pay to move from 16,000 to the front of the queue to then be totally disappointed? The league is so expensive as well. And it's very expensive. So expensive. I don't know how they get away with charging what they charge. Um, and in a circle, it's worse because I love to experiment. Okay, so I'm trying all of these things I put on and to see what they're about. And in a circle, is even worse. They are stuck on my profile. <laughs> they can't understand my photograph. I think I had a very nice picture of myself. And they tell me that um, I need to put in another one. I did, and I'm still waiting. It's ridiculous. That's crazy. Lala, you're trying to say something. Hi, can you hear me? Yeah. yeah, I was about to ask you what is your opinion on video chatting and implementing implementing uh, sound clips on apps? So you, so you can't do it on mine yet, but I'm going to have to put it on there because... Yeah, I love it. <laughs> it's a good thing. It's I, I think it's a good thing, but uh, I think that's probably... Uh, Give me another perspective. So now I don't know. I was talking I'm not sure. My friend about this yesterday because before COVID, I was definitely the type of person that like I'd rather just meet in person, right? Mm -hmm. Like yeah, get just just let's just get. I mean, the one thing I did like is like telephone calls. I used to like very few people do that these days. Mm -hmm. I didn't mind it because I think it you know you get a sense of someone. It's a bit more relaxed. But now, since everything, especially because I'm working from home a lot more, I'm like, I'm a bit more wary about meeting up with someone. And actually, I'd quite like a video date because you can get, a, you, there's no get, like, like, there's no commitment to it being like hours and hours. You can kind of just chat with them and get a sense of who they are. And mm -hmm. also you can cut it short if it's uh, just tell them you need to make dinner or something. Yeah. But uh, on the other side, the purpose is to go out of the app. And by implementing video chatting and voice clips, we are uh, increasing the time that people spend on the app, right? Uh, oh, so long as it gets to the same kind of outcome, which is a relationship, then I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Um, and I think from a trust and uh, I think one of the from a trust and kind of safety perspective, I think it's a really good feature. It's just the problem yeah. is that people, there's a lot of people who aren't comfortable doing it because 
video. I know it's just an awkward thing for a lot of people. I mean, um, but I, yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan of a, a fan of it. It is weird. Like, um, there's a couple of sites. There's one called the intro right now, which is, um, it only does video dates and you can't chat to someone you uh, sign up. And then if you match with someone, it immediately just gives you, um, a list of dates and you just pick and it schedules the date in. And so before that would have been like a, a an in-person date, but now it's a video date. What's that um, called? Sorry? What's it called? The intro. The intro. Never heard about that. Yeah. And my other question is, uh, in your opinion, uh, which are the, the apps that you consider that are more, uh, you're more likely to get a relationship? Well, late, obviously. Um, uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, th I think Hinge is, is, is uh, one of those apps. Um, I mean, it's billed as a relationship app. Um, it, you could say Bumble, but I mean, Bumble doesn't really ask you enough about who you are as a person to really kind of, it's it, ultimately, it's cool. and I still, I know I hear about like mates and stuff who use it as a hookup app because it's still pretty superficial. Um, obviously stuff like um, uh, eHarmony and all those things. Um, so I kind of think of those as like more like, like serious, like relationship marriage kind of type sites yeah. and then relationship apps. There's not really that many, which is why I've kind of launched late because you want something that's, you know, where that you can have something serious if you want it, but also something casual. So when you sign up to the app, you actually have to pick one or one or the other. It asks you, do you want something serious? Do you want something casual? can change it later but it means that at least the person that you talk to you know what they've said yeah there's no ambiguity cool thank you i i think one of the one of the issues that i see is um often men will feel that they have to promise a relationship to get something casual um so do you have do you have any data on um like how many, what percentage of women there are if a man was to choose something casual? I don't because, know. Felt, the only stat I've got is that I know that there was a, I think it's like only 45% of people on dating apps are looking for something serious. Um, but then that's obviously a wide spectrum of age and, and whatever else, especially because I think there's probably more younger users. I mean, it's, it's like a way of life now for everybody at a young age um no yeah i think that's i think that's probably one of the tougher things about something like bumble i think yeah bumble you can say whether you only want something serious or something casual i'd be interested to see if people use that and say something serious and how often they experience a guy who's basically lying um mm. is that something people have experienced yeah yeah okay yeah, I don't really know. There's only so much you can do to try and stop that. I think one of the good things that comes out of video dating is that they can't get to that. Like they can't just rush into something. It's called the, 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 in like, there's a lot of articles that's terming it slow dating is coming back. Um, whether it's turning into more relationships, I don't know. What's slow dating? Just the idea of like taking your time before you, to really get to know someone rather than what dating apps have kind of made, which is like a rush to get to a date and a rush to get physical. 
Okay. <laughs> I, I, I see the benefit of, I know a lot of people don't like it and a lot of people want something real, but I think uh, a video date means it's just an extra layer of safety, um, which, is, which is obviously a, a concern. Um, is there anything, uh, one, of the, one of the queries was about safety and about, um, so we've got safety and we've got community um, social responsibility. Um, could you talk about the problems for apps with that and how they, what they can do and what people can look for? From the apps perspective, it's tough to like, like you have to have it in your kind of terms and conditions, like Apple even makes you make sure that you've got something in your terms and conditions to say, if it's a product that has user generated content, that you've got some sort of layer that um, protects users from graphic or obscene stuff, which obviously we do because you can report and you get rating. Um, it's, it's a tough one because the, the problems, and I'm generalizing here, but like the guy, the problems that guys tend to have is that fake accounts, spammers, and like con artists, women have that as well. But then also there's the safety aspect for, for women and, and men, but it's, it's more prevalent for, for, for women. So, you know, the, we don't like, I don't know of any app that does background checks. I don't know of any apps that really do anything that I would love to get to a point where I can like, have an app where we do things like background checks, proper verification. At the most right now, you get apps where they'll verify you into at least make sure that you're the person you say you are by holding something up or making a sign or something and a picture of yourself. And then a manual real person or some sort of algorithm will check the photo to make sure that. I think, I think apps and sites should be going further, but the problem is being blunt is it's expensive. I used to work for a, um, a fintech app and in fintech you have or in finance you have this thing called K, uh, K, uh, kyc know your customer which is essentially a background check and i remember the stats on that it was like five pounds per check um and that doesn't even necessarily mean a customer is going to return stay even if they just sign up if you're paying that much per check it's a lot for a business to kind of swallow um if they don't get anything from you so Hopefully there are ways in the future that like we can make it, but otherwise it's just got to be a case of try and stick with the sites and the apps that make it a little bit harder to sign up. So it's not so easy. And then also have, yeah, try and do the slow dating thing, you know, do the video dates, get to really know someone um, before you kind of put yourself in a situation that might be a bit dangerous. So Sanjay, I, I did a course recently and, and, um, you held, you had to hold up like your passport or your driving license yeah. and then it took a photo of you and then it compared them using facial recognition. Yeah. And that, that they used that to work out that I was me. And obviously then it takes your details as well. If you yeah, did do so anything. So yeah. So that's, um, so yeah, there's companies that are specifically built to do that and, and know your customer is, 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 is what they call it in kind of banking. Um, and yeah, so they, they kind of, it, it, the way that they're, and without getting into like a load of detail, the way those companies do it is that they'll have an algorithm or a computer um, vision looking at it to see if it can do it without uh, like straight away. So in an automated process, but then there's a number of people who will manually check as well. So if it gets flagged, it gets passed to the next stage, then they'll check it or the company or the user can request a, a manual check. And every time they do that, these companies like charge you extra for the manual checks because obviously they want it to be as simple and cheaply done as possible. 
So it is kind of possible, but then it's not cross-checking, it's not referencing or cross-checking like a database or anything like that. Um, so you could just, you could be a real person, but you could still be, you know, someone who shouldn't be allowed to interact with others. Something, something else um, that was brought up was about the push, like the, there's the whole fake profiles and the pushing people to, um, and, and, and the use of uh, where people might use dating sites for things like Instagram followers um, and the push to pay to play. Um, so can you talk about like the pressures on an app in order to, to be sustainable um, and also how that can be done ethically um, and, and how users can, can kind of judge apps on that? Uh, yeah, so there's kind of two things. One thing, the whole Instagram thing blows my mind as that's hilarious. When I went back onto Tinder last year and like half the girls, I don't know, did the guys do it as well? Like yeah. trying to get Instagram followers. I have not at a point of principle gone to a single one of their accounts to check it out. Um, so, I mean, again, it goes down to like how much effort and how much uh, the the kind of app itself goes into like weeding those people out, but ultimately they're not doing anything wrong, you know. If they want to put that there, and if they and they wouldn't do it if it didn't work. It's like kind of spammers, right? There's you get so many of these kind of spam emails, and they wouldn't keep doing it if it wasn't cheap and easy for them to do it. Um, in terms of sorry, what was the second part? With like, um... so um, obviously, dating apps have to get some revenue. Yeah. Um, and um, datas are going to want it as cheap or free. Yeah. So um, what's an ethical way of date, uh, dating apps, dating sites, providing it's, a service and being sustainable and being value for money? I mean, it's, it's definitely hard. I've definitely been told by a number of people I'm mental for trying to do a, a dating app because it's so competitive. Oh is so difficult um and the thing is uh like i mentioned earlier you've got these two types of sites you've got the like genuine what i guess would be a genuine site like tinder or all of these big companies where they're actually you know genuine dating businesses and then you've got these like affiliates or or these these companies that basically just take a a reskinned version of like tinder or something they're not really putting anything into the product itself they're just trying to get you on make money from you so if they charge if they like, spend five pounds to get you on and then you pay 30 quid for something it costs them very little and even if you leave then they've made some money off there um but they tend to i don't know if like i don't know much about those companies but they exist it's a lot harder to um build something that's genuinely good i think the best thing for the dating industry is is how um has been like subscriptions that's what like you know hinge and Tinder and all that. I mean, Tinder is the number one revenue generating app in between 2010 and 2020. And it was only launched like halfway through the decade. It's like, it is a money machine because of, of, of those products. Um, but to get to that point is really difficult. I mean, all of these big sites, they're, they're dominated by a couple of major groups. Match Group owns Tinder, Plenty of Fish, OkCupid, Hinge, um, 
and a bunch of others. Uh, and then the company that owns Badoo and Bumble and Lumen and used to be Chappity, their own, they're called Magic Lab. They're like the two big, one of the, two of the biggest ones. Um, the, without, again, it, it, without getting into like boring territory, like the industry territory, it, I, it's really interesting about the Magic Lab one is that they launched things like Bumble and Chappy, which was a gay site, which they've now closed down. And um, even Lumin, which is the over 50s um, uh, dating site or dating app. And they launch it with a launch team and they tell you that this founder had come up with it and they've been building it. But really, it's all been done in-house um, and it's not a genuine like founder story. They're just they're, they're, they're backed by a huge company. So I am not backed by a huge company, I should point out. So and mine's a free app. So I'm actually just <laughs> I'm not making any money off it right now. It's, uh, it's more about just testing the efficacy of the app and see if people find it interesting and then we'll invest some more. And then to be honest, I'll try and get VC um, investment. That's, that's the aim. That's the only way any of these kind of companies can really make it now is they get um, a certain amount of investment and then they rely on the investment until they're profitable. You're, you're basically working to get a mass um, group of users and then work on monetizing it. Yeah, so the next phase will be adding kind of premium features if there's enough interest, basically. Um, so kind of run it is relatively cheap once you've done the initial development, um, but the development, it needs to be ongoing. And so the next phase after this will be obviously try and get some users, um, which we're, we're doing all right with considering we haven't fully launched yet. Um, and then trying to get investment um, or deciding whether to kind of investment myself um, to build the premium features and then for it to be hopefully self-sustaining and carry on. Okay. When, um, will, uh, when will it be launched on Android? Oh, that is a bugbear of mine because I'm an Android user. <laughs> so hopefully soon. Um, it's just a, uh, we've, we built it in something called React Native, so it should work on Android, but right now we're just focused on getting the iPhone version good um, and ironing out all the bugs in that first, and then we'll port it over to, to Android. So hopefully very, very soon, um, but we just need to fix everything. And it should be done this week um, on the iPhone side, and then we'll see. Uh, oh yeah, so, so Imogen, you've written, um, so app sounds great, but the reservation is that it has an element of China's social credit system. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say that it's going as far as that. This is, this is no Uber rating or anything like that. It's more a case of it flags to us that you've, it's more a case of an extreme. If you've been reported multiple times or you've had multiple times where you've had a bad rating, then it's, it's just an incentive for us to, um, to kind of limit you on the app. But the other part of it is also it helps us understand why um, why perhaps you're not being successful on something. I want to get to a point where actually you get aggregated feedback um, because I think that's one thing that's missing as well. So having someone to tell you what's going on, why, why am I being successful? I want to add in loads of layers of actual kind of much more active support, um, whether it's like people who can kind of help you with your profile. Like right now, if you, any of you guys sign up to LA, you just reply to the welcome email. Um, 
mention this and I'll, I'll go through your profile and, and help you kind of optimize it and check your photos and stuff. And that's one thing I say to anybody who's on any site, if you've got a friend, particularly one of the kind of opposite sex, get them to check out your profile, get them to look at your, what you said, because you did, you, it's, you can think it's amazing at the time. Um, and then you get someone else who can come point out something that you might have missed. I, th I think that's, that's generally like when you look at businesses, everyone starts off, you know, like all the great businesses like PayPal and, and things like that, they all started as a different business. And it's actually the real, um, when it was tested, um, it, they they've almost all had to pivot and become something completely different. And I think on a smaller scale, that's what we have to do with profiles is, is kind of get out of our own head um, to find what works. Um, okay. See you, uh, John. Um, okay. So, so you've put the, the link in there, Sanjay. So when, so different apps work for different people. So we've seen on the call that some people prefer, would like a video social interaction. Some people wouldn't. And, uh, Tinder is for some people and, and, and not for others. What would be the perfect group or, or personality of the person who would gain the most from your app to put you on the spot the big thing of my app is about effort versus so just the amount of effort that you put in because i think that's one of the things that i was frustrated by with like tinder and bumble and stuff like that where you could you could sign up to this app you not you put in very minimal effort and the thing is it plays into certain you know, it's easier for certain people over others. It's certainly easier for women over guys because there's so, so many more men that a woman can do hardly anything on an app and still get tons of matches. I would argue that they probably don't get the right kind of matches because there's nothing on there to say why they should match with you. Um, so my app is geared to people who are willing to put a bit of effort in. And that's why I've kind of put the, the, the bio part first because even if you're really fit, no one's going to see your profile if you don't bother putting something in because you only unlock to get to see their full profiles if you like one of their answers. So if you like phone it in, you, you can't, no one will see your profile. Um, you know what's, what's difficult about that is though, is then if you're not physically attracted to them, which is hard to fully get a grasp of anyway from a 2D picture, it's difficult to then reject them based on the looks because that's it, it can come across very shallow or hurtful to the other person are we talking about in the feedback no if you've if you've if you've matched the profile based oh. on the bio you don't you don't match with them on the bio you as in you you kind of whittled them down basically so you, you still don't do a full match unless you both liked each other's full profile i'm, I'm agreeing there that basically you know Surely, you know, a lot, a lot of people. It's still, um, it's visually still one of the key indicators. I'm, I'm probably going to have to go in a minute. I, I can't even see my battery, but I keep getting a flashing sign saying your battery's going to go. So if it disappear, uh, but yeah, I'm just saying that. Yeah, I'm a visual person, and surely it is, it's not that and that only. Yeah, I'll come. I'll come I'll to. Somebody on here with no picture, um, you know, 
or, you know, say, yeah, they like football, they like this, they like that. But then they go two weeks later, hi, here's me, picture. And I'm from uh, Cornwall. I'd be like, yeah. Start losing the interest on being able to interact. I completely agree, which is why you can't interact with someone just on their bio. You have to like both their profile and their photos. No, what it's, it's, it's yet for me to encounter that, but I'm just saying, I'm sure we're both uh, all aware that, you know, it is a, still a high percentage. I'm not saying it's the only thing, but if there's two or three high factors, visual is one, surely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, as, as part of this, I read a 450-page doctoral thesis on matching and that was one of the main things that comes out of it attraction and looks is still number one um and you can't get away from that that's yeah. there are apps there's one called jigsaw uh dating where it like it puts pieces of jigsaw over your face um so you can't see them but then every time you match a piece uh, sorry every time you message each other to encourage encourage you to talk to each other a piece of jigsaw go disappears it's an interesting uh, like idea but like to your point, like I wouldn't want to like have a conversation with someone and then be like, oof, they don't actually find you attractive. How do yeah, I Yeah, but I do see <laughs> Oh, he's gone. His battery's died. Um one one thing I'd like to get from you, uh, Sanjay, before we wrap up is in terms of algorithms, how can someone make the most of what would you advise someone on their profile to make the most and how would you advise them to make best use of the algorithms that we have at the moment on your app and, and on others? So again, it depends on what, so if you're talking about the likes of like Tinder and Bumble, like I said, they use collaborative filtering and it's very much based on kind of with, with those apps, it's better to be picky than not be picky because it can't really give you recommendations if you're just liking everything. Um, in fact, one of the things that I've heard another person like uh, say about like Tinder, for instance, you can do an experiment on Tinder. Um, if you start a fresh profile and just like a very, very specific narrow type of person constantly, and eventually that will be what your entire feed is about. Um, which is actually, that comes up with its own issues because there's this whole thing about um, whether you put ethnicity filters on. But to be honest, even if you don't have an ethnicity filter, you can still end up being filtered by that because of collaborative filtering because you'll just get shown more of what that person's previously liked. So on apps like that, just be picky and be patient. Um, on uh, It's harder to say with the other things because it, I suppose, it, like I said earlier, um, if you if you've got like a a, um, a a questionnaire type profile or questionnaire type app, they're kind of dis, they're going to disregard anything where you're kind of middle you like you have a middle kind of opinion on because it's basically not you're giving them any information about who you are or what you like. So the only thing they'll take a um, uh, note of is your extremes, um, dislike or, or like. Good and bad thing come out of that, obviously, because it, it might mean someone who has a middle of the road kind of opinion or something, but isn't as extreme on you that you won't get to see. So it's it's hard. I think to kind of Laura's point before, like they're just just remember that they're not as good as you think you might think they are, and be mindful of their kind of um, their constraints and 
their limitations. Um, and remember that. So one thing I keep saying is like, remember it's, it's better to think of these guys, these things as an introduction app, not a dating app, because all it can do is introduce you to someone. You still need to do the effort and the, the work of finding out who they are as a person. And that's what dating is about. So, you know, that best any of these apps, any of these services can just introduce you to someone who's closer to what you're looking for, but they can't guarantee it. Um, hopefully they will do it at some, some point. Um, I don't know if everyone, anyone's ever seen that black mirror, um, episode. Uh, I think we're way off that. <laughs> but yeah. I, I, I do, as Laura said, I do think it's exciting. I do think with machine learning and um, increasing knowledge and awareness, um, yeah, I, I think it's, we're going to be able to get much more accurate matches as, as computers learn what it takes to make a relationship. Um, and that, that's just going to need a mass of data that we don't have at the moment. Um, but yeah, I, I, I do think the, the future is exciting. I think it's a good time to be um, getting on. I think I do think it's a very tough job you've got um, in how competitive it is and the limitations you're working with. But I think is I've not seen a dating app that really s deals with a lot of the problems. Um, so I like that you're, you're preventing the ghosting and trying to limit people's options, which I think is another one of the, the problems that makes people feel like commodities on dating apps. Yeah. And I, that's the point that kind of, and that's what I, I've said to people before where like, I think there's this kind of assumption that everybody on dating apps, they're just horrible people. And it's like, it's the people, not the apps, but we're all guilty of just behaving in a way like being led in our behavior by the service or the, the kind of environment we are. There's this term called de-individuation. De and it's the idea that you kind of have diminished responsibility when you're in like a crowd. Like the reason why you see people who in a peaceful protest suddenly end up rioting when you would never imagine them doing that any other, uh, any, any other time in their life. But it's just that kind of environment that sometimes brings it out into you. And so I think that's what I'm trying to get at to, to create something that you don't have an environment that kind of brings out the worst. And these apps are designed to be like games. They're like, you know, the, it's funny. I, the, there's a woman um, who's like the chief scientific advisor of match group. And she said, Helen on, Fisher. sorry, sorry, Helen Fisher is that? Yeah. Yeah. So she said multiple times um, that, we suffer from cognitive overload and we can't really talk to more than three people at a time. Like we can't put our focus on three people at a time. And that was, and I found that out after I'd made the decision to it only be three. Um, but it's funny that she's the chief scientific advisor to match group, but none of them implement anything like that. Um, they, yeah. Cause she was instrumental in, I think it's chemistry.com. Um, where she did, uh, the, the, personalities of matching of how they match i i i don't necessarily think that the the criteria that she chose um was that accurate but that is is perhaps one of the ones that's backed by research yeah and the guys who did okay cupid they were built like by kind of mathematicians and stuff like that so they they share a fair amount about what they've learned over the years 
it's just a shame that since I don't know if they were bought by, I think they were bought by Match Group, but when you look at the app now, it's kind of shifting more towards a like a Tinder type experience. They're prioritizing the like swiping now. Um, so yeah, it's, I don't know whether, whether they've kind of abandoned some of their principles, but yeah, there's some, if you ever wanted to look, be sad and look into all of this stuff. There's tons of material out there and, and links and really interesting stuff. I'd, there's one thing in particular, if you want to learn about collaborative filtering, there's something called Monster Match, um, which is um, by, it was part of, I think it was funded by some, some, something called the Mozilla Foundation, who actually owns um, Firefox. Um, and it's just these guys illustrating how collaborative filtering can be a problem for kind of, I guess racism because it creates this system and kind of like what I was saying earlier is that if you're on Tinder, you can just create a fresh account and just like a particular type of person. And eventually you'll only see that type of person. And it's basically illustrating that. I, I, I mean, I, I found OKCupid is great for the, the data that they provide. Mm. Um, and I, uh, I haven't been on the dating app for about three years, but um, that was always the one that, that worked for me. But I have heard, I think when we had this call before, people were saying it had changed and, and wasn't as wasn't what it used to be. Yeah, that's a problem with some of these. They're all kind of looking the same, especially the ones that mm. are by the same group. They're all releasing things like boost features where you have to pay to be seen and yeah. yeah. That's not to say that I'm not going to abandon all my principles in a couple of years' time and go for the money, but for now, at least, I'm trying to do something different. Is there, can I just ask, is there, um, is there, is there a, a difference between in, in ethnicities in terms of dating? Uh, is in, in terms of people's experiences? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I can say personally, yes, absolutely. Like, um, I... I mean, you get, you get different types, you get people who, so like, for instance, I mean, I have seen on profiles saying that they're not interested in Indian men or like they're only interested in white guys or this, that, the other, which when you only have a small amount of information to give on your dating profile, it's kind of disheartening to think that's one of the things that you put on there above all else. Um, they, it, the big debate has come up more recently about ethnicity filters um, and about whether they should be allowed and there's kind of two arguments for that one on one side it's like well you know yes you probably shouldn't allow them because it encourages people to only you know be matched with their own ethnicity and it encourages that kind of like racist kind of um, opinions but then on the flip side you are there are some people who experience kind of fetishization like you know i've got black uh, friends uh, who like hear about like or, or, you know, Asian, Asian female friends who like, um, kind of get experiences of people, you know, met, matching with them saying, oh yeah, you're really like, um, you know, exotic and I've never been with like a black guy before or this, that or the other. And like, that's not a nice way of using it. So there's, it's, but then on the flip side, there are some people where ethnicity is a, is an indication of culture. And so if you're trying to find someone who's culturally the same as you, then ethnicity filter might be the, the kind of right way to go. I know from my perspective, I don't really tend to want to filter by ethnicity. I love all types of women equally. Um, 
but I in, invariably get shown more female uh, like Asian women than I do Asian any other kind of ethnicity. Um, in fact, I've even tested to see if I turn off the filter, or if I turn on the ethnicity filter, whether it's the only type of matches I get, or I'm just getting more of them. And actually, if I turn on the ethnicity filter and I filter out Asian women, I suddenly get loads of like matches of other uh, ethnicities. But because I guess because there are more men than women, if I'm a kind of more of a commodity than the women and an Asian girl who's perhaps turned on the ethnicity filter, then there's only so many Asian men that they can find and I'll be shown to her as opposed to be shown to other people. So even if I don't turn on the ethnicity filter because Asian women will be turning it on, I get shown to them more often than not. Hmm. Okay. Do you think also um, people suddenly on these apps, they suddenly kind of like want to go after their ideal, whereas in real life they would probably... I don't know they wouldn't maybe they wouldn't have their ideal you know they they, they wouldn't come into it but, but suddenly uh, uh, it's, it's a bit like I, I read somewhere it's a bit like buying a pair of jeans and you're finding perfect pair of jeans in the shop but you put them back on the hanger and then you go off to other shops to find other other pairs of jeans because you want to find better than the first pair of jeans and you just kind of think with an app does it make you kind of like want to go after your absolute ideal your perfect your dream and it's not actually very realistic i think so to a degree i think that's the comes down to that paradox of choice thing where you kind of um you're always distracted by like what's next what could be like i don't think that's why i'm uh, like on late you can only talk to three people because then you're focused on those three people and you do have a match queue but you can't see who's in that match queue so you're not like oh, I want that person next, so I'm going to get rid of the person right now. Um, and there's also, a, uh, there's been lots of studies and talks about deal breakers and about how important or not they are. Um, because you can, yeah, like you said, go down the route of like building this master list of all these things that you want. Um, actually, there's a really good TED talk um, by uh, a woman who actually would argue that it is better to have all these deal breakers because she wasn't being picky enough. Um, and it's about, I think it says how I hacked online dating or something like that. And from her perspective, she put in all of these um, different things that were important to her and then and basically did what a, a dating app does and score them in a certain way. And then eventually she met her husband. But then on the flip side, there's loads of like reports and studies to say that actually a deal breaker isn't a deal breaker if you were to meet them in person. Um, like, um, so if you're putting loads and loads of deal breakers on, on things that actually you probably wouldn't care about if you'd met them in the real world and actually got to know them because you can't find an ideal perfect person. That's just, it's not how things work. Mm. Kind of went off on a tangent there. I'm not sure if I asked your question. <laughs> mm. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I flip between going putting loads of filters on and sometimes not like, um, there are certain things to me where I just, I try and think, well, okay, that just, they, they're an indication of the type of person that I get on better with. And so I use them, but then other times I'll just turn it off and, and just kind of let the algorithm do what they do. I, uh, my, in my experience, often people aren't very, don't have a clear enough idea of what's going to make them happy. It's like the Daniel, 
uh, I can't remember his name, um, Stumbling on Happiness, um, that in his research basically shows that people don't know what's going to make them happy. Um, and in the same way, a lot of people, their checklist of their perfect person isn't, won't turn out to be their perfect person over time. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, I'm conscious that we've got ran over time, Sanjay. I don't want to um, uh, keep you here too long. Um, but is there anything we haven't asked you that we should have done or anything you'd like to, to get across? And also if you, if you get across, cause also this is being recorded as a podcast. So I know that you've put the link, uh, some people have asked, but if you want to say it out where people can find you, uh, and if you're internationally based. Yeah. So we're not internationally based yet. Uh, right now we're just in the UK. It's called Elate, but the, I couldn't get Elate.com. Someone else had that. So the, uh, the URL is elatedate.com and that's, uh, E-L-A-T-E, uh, date.com. Uh, and then the Instagram account is also at elatedate. Um, right now the Instagram account is largely dating memes, which are very funny if I would say, do say so myself. I mean, they're largely other people's memes to be fair, but, um, but, uh, yeah, so you can find everything you kind of want on the site or on the, um, uh, and if you ever want to message me, you can just kind of message me on the Instagram account or, um, go to the site and I think you can email hello at a late date.com. Um, like I said, if you guys want to try it, download the app, install it. Um, if you mentioned this, um, meetup in your, in a reply to the welcome email that you get from me, um, I'll help you kind of craft the right, uh, I'll take a look at both pictures and, and, uh, see if you can, I can give you any tips or help. Okay. Thank you for being so generous and, and sharing your insights with us. Um, see Laura, um, you're welcome to stay on if, if you want to, but I'm conscious of, uh, that we've gone over the time that we, we talked about. Um, but I, I'm just going to stay on to answer anyone's questions. Cause what we did was we separated the questions, um, from in terms of what were dating questions and what were app questions. Um, so that we could best use Sanjay's expertise. Um, uh, you're welcome to stay on to answer them if you want, Sanjay. But uh, but I know you've been very generous with your time. So if anyone's got a question that hasn't come up yet, that's related more to general dating. Um, I know Des had a question. Uh, if there's any other questions, then I'm happy to to answer those. Um, and if Sanjay's still about, um, then uh, we can also draw on his insight. Uh, Sasha? Um, just what Sanjay was saying before about, I can't remember the term that was exactly used, but about how the, the sort of algorithm or the filtering works when you view a certain type of profile, then the more likely to show you more of a certain type of profile. Mm -hmm. um, I kind of feel like I've been sort of dating similar guys, if that makes sense. And that's now hearing this, it's probably because they're showing me a lot of the same similar profiles. But you know how we are also attracted to things that we're familiar with. Um, and I've also heard something about a so-called so sort of faulty picker. And I just wondered if there's any insight on 
sort of finding a profile that's potentially more likely to be a good match. Does that all sort of wrap up into one question? Yeah, yeah. So I think it's 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 hard. I mean, like I go back to what I said before in terms of all it can do is introduce you to someone. So you, you just have to take everything you get from a profile with a pinch of salt. Like you can't, they can't. There's only there's not really that a huge amount they can do to try and find out if this person is perfect for you because there's lim- especially on some sites, some apps, very very limited information that comes about the person. So what I would say is that you know what just you know, depending on how willing you are to do the the kind of effort of like reaching out and talking to these people, you know, it's... You... So I've, I've probably talked to hundreds of people and dated maybe about 13 in person. Yeah. And I just, I just feel like I'm sort of, I don't even know what I feel. It's just like sort of getting monotonous now. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm big on kind of like, um, like and data and stuff and trying to look at my past conversations and, and I think I can only talk for myself personally. Like one of the things that I think I've noticed about myself is that I do talk to too many people um, because of this kind of unknown, they could be, they couldn't be the right person for me. It's worth maybe just giving them a shot if I'm physically attracted to them. When really there are indications that I can tell from their site, like on their profile that they probably wouldn't be. And that I should probably be a bit more kind of, um, strict with myself um because it is just kind of wasted time and effort and it can just be draining um especially if you're talking to multiple people at the same time which is why i, I guess the, the why i put that feature in my app in terms of only talking to three people because it will force me to just be a bit more discerning and a bit more kind of you know can you filter that down to one <laughs> I, I mean is the person got the option to filter that down to one if they want to uh no, actually. Because what I, what I found with some of them is that you kind of put in a situation where you then end up having to talk to multiple people at once, even if you don't want to. Actually, you know what? You can, because you have to talk to three people at first. And then if you end those conversations, you just don't give the feedback and then they'll still keep the slot full. Um, so you can just, and then no one will be, you won't get, you won't get new matches into those free spaces. Okay. So you can just keep it to one. So yeah, artificially you could just keep it to 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 one. Um, yeah, I think it's a it's a tough one in terms of what you can do to try it. One thing I would say is just it's not worth it's not worth wasting time on people who obviously haven't made an effort in their profile because if they can't be asked to do that, then it's very hit and miss that they're going to be asked to, you know, have a good conversation or, or really be serious about, you know, looking for a proper relationship. Um, so I, like if I, when I was on Tinder and stuff, like if a girl didn't re- write anything on her profile, I wouldn't swipe right. So there's a lot of conflicting advice though, because on some things I've read is the less you say, the more likely you are to actually get an in, in-person date. Interesting. So on what, on what sites though, like on like Tinder? Um, no, I'm not. I'm on a simp sort. I don't know if it's like Tinder, but Muzmatch um, and single Muslims. Uh-huh. Um, but I, don't, I can't remember where I read the article, but it was basically saying that. So if you go into more depth in your profile, for example, and you put the effort in, 
you're a lot less likely to meet people in person. Maybe that's a good thing, I don't know. I, um, yeah, I, sorry, I would, I would say that's probably because you, you've got more filtering. The more that you have, the more that you're going to rule people out. Yeah, I guess so. But some, do you know sometimes that you, fi- you find that it's easier to meet somebody because you get a better idea of what they're like in person? Maybe that's where I'm going wrong. What is, what is your type when you say that you've been dating the same type? Um, it's, I don't know if it even feels if it is the same type. I don't know. I'll have has to it been about has it. it been the same sequence? Yeah, I think more the same sequence and the same type. And and so when you say it's the same sequence, what what's been the pattern? Sort of, sort of not talking too much online, wanting to meet in person, meeting in person, just not seeing. Um, seeing it go, seeing a future, not seeing it going anywhere. Because you're not interested or? Yeah. Because there's there's too many sort of, too many issues in terms of like, because I've got a son and stuff. There's too, like, usually people come with problems and that's not really the issue. Um, It's when I feel like the person's problems are... Um, how do I, I don't know how to express it, are going to be more detrimental than not having a relationship. But is that true or is that sometimes people have this? Sorry? Sorry, what did you say? Is that true or my perception of it? Yeah, because sometimes people put these barriers in, in front of them. I'm not sure, to be honest. I think there's there's been genuine things where we've got had like serious discussions and got to points where like one example where the guy was in a lot of debt and the way that he handled money he thought was a clever way to handle money I personally didn't agree so that was a deal breaker um so it's not like I've not had serious conversations but I just kind of feel like I'm going through one meeting with guys after another and sort of get into these barriers one thing that comes to mind that perhaps you can talk to San, Sanjay is, is there a kind of a, a dating, um, how do you say, a fatigue? Uh, Where, because dating, for me, dating is, is basically sorting people into um, boxes of, I'm going to, I like their profile, I like their profile, they don't like me. Um, we're going to have a conversation, we're going to have a date, we're going to have a short relationship. Um, and some people, I think there's a, maybe a fatigue of disappointments because they, they hope they weigh their hopes on each person. Uh, yeah, I definitely think you can get dating at fatigue. I know I've had it. I, I'll go off them for a bit and Sasha, that might be something you kind of would need to do then if you just need to take a break from it. Like it's, um, it is mentally draining. It's, it's, you know, it's, um, you know, it's draining because dating is hard. You're, you know, you have to do a lot to try and it's, you know, it's not light and breezy um, as much as some people would like to make you think it is. Um, and in terms of the, the kind of profile, trying to find what like indications, like the sorts of things that you're talking about are very tough to, to kind of pull out of a profile um, because they are, deeper more important questions that you do need to just have find out from the dating kind of process 
That's um, why it goes back to the point of when people say that it's better to put less information so you get to meet the person in person face to face and then have more conversation. That's just personally, I don't like having a lot of conversation over the phone and through text and stuff. So, But, the, but, but what sort of information are you talking about? Because there's information. So when I'm saying like people who don't put any effort in, I'm talking about people who are literally, if, if the only information I've got on you is like, your name your age and some pictures and it doesn't show me anything about your personality or you know what sort of things you're into then okay. it's kind of hard for me to think that there's this is just me personally talking about it like, no no i hear what you're saying no there is a difference in what you're saying and what i was thinking I, I sorry i was gonna say what sort of things are you thinking about in terms of i you know no i hear what you're saying like i'm sort of the, the advice was put less in your profile but it still says you know put some interest and put a little bit about yourself but keep it very very minimal but, i mean it's just there's always conflicting advice out there and i guess for for some people i don't know this is complex isn't it i i uh, just one thing i'd say about that is is dating is an art it's not a science um the the advice is just opinion we we don't really have um a body of knowledge to to, to say this is this is the right way so and and people who write articles in newspapers and claim to be experts are just basically someone that they could you know, a journalist could find or, or was presented to them by a pr person um it doesn't mean that they actually have any um real criteria um, you know, like people are always claiming them to be the leading whatever expert based on a media appearance, which means that they had a PR person to get them booked. It doesn't mean that they're actually an expert in anything. Um, and I don't think, I think you, dating is an art. You can find, um, it's basically, basically an advert, I would say, Sanjay. It's, it's basically you write an advert to get their interest, to get them to the next level. Um, and, it, and then it's just about then filtering through. So from that perspective, I would say a short, something that gets them interested enough to start a conversation. Yeah. The other aspect to my question as well, sorry, was that you know how we're supposed to be attracted to what we find familiar? Is there a way of kind of um, bypassing that and actually trying to become attracted to a wider range of people so that you're not, because as well with the filters, if they're always sending you the same types of people as well from what you've matched with in the past or what you've viewed, that makes that even more difficult? Um, from a product and dating perspective, then you just have to try the dating apps which give you the, that kind of filters or those kind of like options because then you can get artificially kind of change what your recommendations are um you can't you certainly can't or, or just i mean the ones where it's relying heavily on like image that's that's not looking into who they are as a person um it's literally just who you're attracted to so if you're trying to find a different type of person that you're attracted to then it just means swiping right on a different type of person until you change the algorithm for yourself to be you know who who uh, who you want to be attracted to but if it's about the person and the type of like personality then it, then you need to go to a site or a product that like um gives you those kind of filters and controls um 
Does that make sense? Yeah, so I can kind of hear what you're saying. Um, I think I think it's more my question is probably not answerable and that maybe I'm trying to sort of find, like Rob was saying, some sort of science in knowing how to identify the right type of people or not. So maybe it's just a, a, a question that doesn't have an answer. And I've just got to keep going through the mud. Well, I, I think there is an answer, but I think it's, I think dating starts with you. So you have to be really self-aware of what need are you looking to fill in a relationship? Just, I guess, companionship and sort of a good friendship where you can rely on each other and trust each other and have good communication. And so what, what characteristics does someone have where you felt that? Um, I guess compassion and sort of open-mindedness and an open ear. So really the dating app is an introduction and then the dating, dating is the skill that helps you to filter and identify that quicker is, is really, I think what you're looking to do. I know, but then there's the, all of the sort of other incompatibilities like, um, wanting children for example most guys want children or um you know money having vast money differences or you know some of the things that they say lead to divorce i think i think is it, is it just literally a process of you just have to keep dating and keep talking until eventually one falls into place you you, you can start moving into like the types of person like so things like children and stuff, there's definitely ones that will give you those kind of filters um, to say whether they want children or not. And I think that's a really important one. And it's certainly something that we'll be offering at some point um, because you don't want to waste your time with someone who doesn't have that same kind of uh, expectation. In terms of like attitudes to money and, and lifestyle and stuff like that, that's, that's really tough, I think, to try and get from someone ahead of kind of meeting them. I think you can look at the types of pictures and especially that they put up, what type of, they, like it's a flashy lifestyle or that's maybe something you could do, but it's, yeah. yeah. That's, that's quite obvious straight yeah. off. Yeah. But it's, it's, but it's really hard to like, yeah, it's, I, I think it's really hard. I think, yeah, I, I'm, I wish I could give you a better. <laughs> the general I, answer I've usually heard is that you just got to keep trying and you've just got to keep getting to know people and, I'm just wondering, is there a shortcut? And if there's not, there's not. Oh, do you know what? Actually, OkCupid has questions, so many questions that you can actually answer. And it will in, undoubtedly have like pretty specific questions. And then you can rate how important they are to you. So that might be the right. Have you ever tried OkCupid? Um, it's, I find it pointless um, because of my um, religious background. Um, <laughs> Can you not specify religious background on that? Don't know. Do they have a lot of Muslims on OkCupid? I mean, they're one of the biggest sites. Um, so I would say with any of those ones, like they have so so many people that they'll definitely cater to enough people that you'll find them. There. They right. certainly pick the religion. I'm sure you can pick their religion on there. You can pick them on most of them. Um, I have a question. Is it that we are? putting too much emphasis on the ability of the apps to do some of the things that we would normally have to do for the app days, we would 
do it ourselves. In other words, we would have to do the talking, we'd have to do the meeting, the talking, the sussing out from our friends and whoever it is and whatever to find out what this person is all about, meet the families and so on and so forth. Um, there's just so much that an app can do. Yeah. Because there's intangibles yes. that you have to you have to negotiate with the other person, maybe yeah. in person or through conversation. The app can never there's that personal element that the app I don't think can ever trap that adequately. Yeah. I, I think it's yes and no. Like there are some things that you should be able to expect the app to do. I mean one of the things about an app and an online dating service is is it's an introduction site. So it's, it needs to be able to do some level of screening for you because the alternative is meeting people in real life. And when you meet people in certain other circumstances, whether it's work or social kind of interactions, there's added context from that environment that you can learn about them. So if it's work place that you meet them, there's a huge amount of context because you know their profession, you know, you know that in itself has loads of kind of background to it. So you, you should be able to, you should expect an app to kind of do something, some level of that for you. Um, and if there's, but then there's so many different types of apps as well. Like you can find context, like there's a big push towards, like, like I said earlier, in terms of um, very specific niches of app. And that's one way that actually new apps are launching. They don't go after specific product features. They go after a niche. Um, like there's even like apps for people who like beards, like Bristler. There's people like apps for people who like uniform, like all sorts of different types of apps. And that's why things like Muzzmatch and, and uh, Shadi.com and, you know, very specific ethnic, ethnic apps that appeals to that people because it automatically means you've given that added context. But it also might mean that you, it appeals to a certain type of person, maybe a narrower kind of, you know, uh, because it's, it isn't, it's narrowing things and maybe they're narrower in terms of their kind of personality. I don't know. That's, that's a terrible thing. I, I'm not sure what I'm trying to say there, but, but yeah, I think, uh, so I think that you, but then, then on the flip side, you're right. Yeah. You can't expect them to do everything. There's only so much that an app can do. There's only so much that we can screen. Uh, and I think, I think as a result of that, we need to be, um, careful about the things that we put down as deal breakers as those things that we define as you know very very important because in some of um, what Sasha is saying I get the impression that it's those intangibles that are really important to her um, that you wouldn't necessarily find a box to tick on an app you know, in, in terms of what you what you want and what you're looking for in, in someone. And that seems to me to be where you have to go to the next stage, which is the conversation and uh, the discussions and all of those, you know, kinds of things. Yeah, I, I think that's something that comes out over time. And I think that's, that's part of the dating skills. Um, I, th I think... Um, when you look at Facebook and you look at how much data they have and they have something like 400,000 pieces of data on each person. Um, and so they have, an, they've done an incredible job of to be able uh, to sell advertising. They can pinpoint exactly the people who are going to click on something, people who are going to buy on something. Um, and I think 
in time, dating will get there. Um, but at the moment, we don't have the body of knowledge. We don't have the what points are critical. Um, it, it's quite rudimentary. You know, when you look at relationship research, I mean, the Gottmans can identify what relationships are going to last, but it's based on how they argue. And so that's, there's because there's also, there's the person, but this looking for an app to do, to solve the problem is believing that the person is a fixed thing. Whereas people are changed and people are going to change over five or 10 years. The same person will be different in a different relationship with someone else because they'll show a different shade onto that person. And so I think one of the problems people do is filtering too much is they rule out people who given the context, given the right partner could become a certain person. Not, not in the sense that you're going to fix someone who, who's dangerous or, um, who isn't, isn't a good match, but someone who's in the ballpark of being close can be different, um, in the right relationship. So therefore it's to strike the right balance of, um, predetermining factors that you're going to be using in your profile, your, your, your criteria, um, rather because I think you can be so specific that you screen out potentially good, 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 good people. Yeah, I think it's about connection. You look to connect, to connect with everyone, whether they, you don't get on with them or you, don't, you do get on with them. You still connect at the level so that you leave each person feeling better for having met you. They may have other friends, um, but you just grow your network from that. Um, and I think it's connection and then seeing, it's not looking for the relationship too soon. I don't know... Um, this is something that you've thought of or, or looked at, but I, one of the problems I see Sanjay is lots of people get into their, you know, like typically on dating sites, they, you've got to take this, 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 and this box, or I'm not going to talk to you. And I feel that people should connect, see how they connect and then let the connection fall to whatever level, whether it's deep, whether it's superficial. Um, and from that point, then you start to see who a relationship is going to work with. Yeah, I, it's, it's, I think you have to, ha I think you have to do some work on yourself to identify, yeah, like think about what, a, what is really a deal breaker. Um, because there's definitely bodies of work that say that, you know, people put sometimes put deal breakers when they shouldn't be. And actually, you know, even things as, as simple as, as smoke, smoking, you might say that's a deal breaker because you don't want to be with someone who's smoking, but then when they've done studies to show and um, get put together people and hide those information, that information with them, not hide them to say, look, I think there was one study in particular I'm thinking about. They like introduce people together. And then afterwards they told that person, Oh, they, by the way, they're a smoker. Is it still a deal breaker? And they'll go, no, it's not because I've met. So yeah, there, there's that side of it. Um, I think one thing that we haven't spoken about, which is something that I haven't, figured out yet but I want to is like the next stage is how do you make how do you start those conversations how do you connect with someone because I'm only like a dating app is is only taking care of the introduction the part that's really hard is the first is the conversation that comes after it it's all well and good saying you're going to try and match with this person 
but then how do you generate rapport and a connection? That's really tough on, on online dating and stuff because some people, like it's really tough to do on, on chats. It's definitely tough when you're talking to so many people that you just get a bit drained asking, asking and answering the same questions again and again. So I think that's going back to what we were saying earlier. I think it's important to, if you're getting fatigued by it, to step away for a while because you're not going to put the right effort into the interactions. Um, and that's going to be negative for you and the person that you're talking to. Whereas if you give yourself a bit of time away from it, you come back to it and you may be willing to put the effort in a bit more. What I have found um, a number of times is an approach that really turns me off. And I don't know if anybody else will feel the same when I explain. There are some people that have, you just have instant rapport with and you, you, you're talking and you talk about any and anything. You, you know, you can respond and the conversation flows. But then there are others where you feel like you're in an interrogation room and you are being examined and it's like will i pass or uh, you know am i ticking the boxes what next yeah. and i i have developed uh, I, I think I'm, I'm being horrible i'm sorry but i know it's none of you so i will don't have to apologize to any of you but i get to the point where i say listen this is not relevant how many children I have is not the point at this point. There is a, and I even went as far as to explain to a gentleman, there is an art to conversation. You don't just dive in and start to ask my deepest, darkest secrets. We need to do a bit of a song and a dance, you know, and see, no, I'm serious. I was, you know, explaining to him, you know, how is the weather? How, what's it like where you are? So and so, what do you like? Would you like to think blah, 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 music, food, blah, 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 just thing. And then we will get to the point where I will talk about my husband and child and whatever and so forth. Okay. Because I have had problems where in the past people have looked at me and I've talked to them and they want to know. So where have you studied and what have you studied? And when I give them that information, they say, well, I'm not speaking to anybody who is more educated than me and they're gone. And, and I'm talking not virtually, I'm talking standing in front of me and being told, yes, you are more qualified than I am. I don't speak to anybody brighter than me, so I'm gone. Nice, nice talking to you, and they're gone. So, you know, how much information do you give? But also, it's not about getting, um, passing an exam. If you spend the time, this stuff will come out. It will come out in the wash. I think it's, <laughs> my, 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 just, just my opinion on this is, I think you, you're right, but I also, I think people forget that we're all kind of working this stuff out for ourselves. And so you might be having a conversation with someone and he's interrogating you in like that way, but that just might be there, that point in his life or in his process of trying to figure out what to do. And he's read somewhere that you need to ask women questions. And so that's what he's trying. Like I've done things I'm sure like where, oh, I think I should try this. I should try this. And then it's gone terribly. And that person's formed an opinion of me because of that one interaction, but that's not who I am. I mean, I'd love to have a, a running kind of track of 
what are my first impressions of someone versus what they are now, if I, if I could be bothered to write them down. Um, because it does change you. But then on the flip side, when you, you that, that example that you gave, like asking and, and being, you know, put off that you're, they were more, you were more educated than them. I'd say that's a good thing because if they're so insecure that they're, they can't handle it, then you better off getting rid of them quickly. Um, whereas if you had had um, kind of interaction with them and it had taken a little bit slower and eventually you got to that point and realized that they're pretty insecure about stuff, stuff like that, then you might have considered that to have been wasted time. So I, I just, my, I guess my point is, it's like, it's a hard to, it's a hard to, hard to judge. And I think we all have to try things and they might work with some people and they might not with others. I know one of the, my biggest bugbears on online dating is people who just don't ask questions. They just, they seem to think it's an interview and I'm like a reporter and asking them about their lives and then they never ask a question back. Um, which is frustrating as hell. Because yeah, right. <laughs> small, I mean, small talk is an art, is it? And, it? and it's like anything else. I mean, I know Rob's saying that, that dating's an art, but, but small talk really is. You do have to practice. Yeah, and I you do have to work out. And obviously, if you get someone who, who isn't very open and doesn't tell you anything, it's difficult to build a rapport, isn't it, basically? Because you just think, well, I can't be asked. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, 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 there definitely is, um, and I think people can set, ask those kind of things from nerves and whatever. But um, we, I do. We have a dating challenge coming up, and part of that is going to be like a connection matrix, and it's um, basically a matrix of questions that you ask and ways that you build connection based on the level of energy. So. Um, if the conversation is, you know, really going deep, then you ask certain level questions. If it's really low energy, then you're just going to ask the superficial questions. Um, so yeah, I, I, I do think it's an art and I think it's part of what you learn. Um, uh, there's one, one point. I may I ask some, one technical questions about designing the app itself? So you mentioned something about eHarmony asking a lot of questions versus apps that doesn't ask a lot of questions. So here is a point. Some people don't give correct answer or don't answer most of the questions, not because they are like kind of tricky. They just don't want to give away inf too much information about themselves. Mm. And you know, these days data is kind of valuable and you hear a lot of, of cases like Facebook and uh, uh, Cambridge Analytics selling data, do some bad stuff about your data. So how can we trust the, the, the dating app to give all kind of information we have. Some people actually, based on the culture, like a professor at university may be embarrassed to put that he's a professor at certain university. He may just say, okay, I'm a professor or I'm, I'm working at university or something. This, this sort of, of, of things, how do you handle this in your design for your app? So uh, also when you ask a lot of questions at the beginning of the app, maybe some people may give up and just don't answer because, okay, this is too many, I'll just give up and don't continue. These sort of things in your design, how do you handle all of these kind of things? I mean, the data and security is, is like one of the most important things to when you're considering something like this. And, and there are protections and stuff that I put. I mean, I literally had a conversation with this um, the other day because I wanted it to be even more robust. And I wanted to understand how it was. It wasn't just my developers making decisions without 
me understanding it. Um, in terms of like the Cambridge, like it's it's interesting saying the Cambridge Analytics thing is is because I was quite close to that because I was in advertising. I actually had a friend who worked for Cambridge Analytica um, at the time, and that's a situation where actually the information without going down into a rabbit hole on that, like that's, that, I think that's not necessarily, that's not necessarily the same as maybe losing information from actually a really good example is um, Ashley Madison, which is a dating site that is specifically for people who want to have affairs. They got hacked and all their information um, leaked onto uh, online. Um, and they should have known better and they should have done more protection. I think so. On one hand, it's like you, you've got to do everything you can as a dating service, but then as a user, you've got to be conscious that like even the biggest, uh, biggest companies in the world have had some sort of, you know, they're not, they're not like immune to it. Even if they don't get hacked, you could, you have the example of Twitter the other day where, you know, massive um, Twitter accounts were ta uh, taken, taken over, not because they had a hack, but because someone put a password or something access in a Slack group, and then they were able to get um, control of an admin account and make loads of changes. So it's, it's the sort of thing where like, if it's that sensitive, you're better off not giving that information over to, to a different service or a different person, unless, because it's out of your control at that point, if you're, you're dependent on them to, to keep it secure. So, as a product owner, as a, as a dating app service, I'd say we will do everything that we can to make sure that that is always of paramount importance. Um, um, but as a user, I think you have to take some kind of steps to make sure that you're protected too by your own. Yeah. So there would be like then sort of trade-off between like giving too much information to have like good match and be afraid to give too much information for being abused. This sort of trade-off for users then. So like, for example, should I trust any uh, uh, dating app and answer all kind of questions and like give all kind of information about myself? Or should I be a bit? So you mentioned even sometimes some app ask people to put some passport and take a photo and this. Should I trust all of these kind of things? Um, I'd say yes. I think so. I so there's one thing that you can check. I mean, we're not part of it because it's it's not something we're doing yet. But if you're worried about, um, I, I I I would just. If it's a legitimate website or a legitimate app, they're going to be taking steps to protect that data, and they'll have the the um, privacy policies and the terms and conditions and stuff to show that they are taking steps. And they and that you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't risk handing stuff over to a site um, uh, that I you know didn't trust or didn't know or saw on some dodgy site or whatever. Um, I mean, it's one of the things that I have to overcome as an owner of a dating site because nobody knows who we are. So we have to earn that trust. Um, but yeah, I, it's. I think I think it's 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 the you you have to you have to you can't really use these sites unless you give that information over. So the best thing you can do is just choose the site, make sure you trust it in the first, and to do some sort of 
you know, if you can do it on a recommendation or like that someone has said that this is a good site, then do it at that. But also remember at the back of your head that even the biggest sites and the biggest apps in the world are, are at risk in some ways. So if it's something that you wouldn't want, and I, I would argue that like, hopefully the sorts of things that you're putting on a dating app, you know, they're just about who you are as a core, as a person, as if you've met, 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 met you in real life, you shouldn't really need to give away deep, dark secrets um, for a dating site to try and match with someone. It should be something that they could get to know as you met you as a person. I think the sort of thing that like Ashley Madison does, that's a whole nother kind of story. And I can totally understand why they wouldn't want that getting out, but that's the risk you take when you want to have an affair in the first place. So, you know, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, thank you. Thanks. Thanks. Okay. Well, thank you, Sanjay, for, for sharing your, your wisdom and best of luck with, with the app. Thank you. It, lo it looks like an exciting beginning for you. Yeah, get it on Android as soon as possible, please. <laughs> I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Um, but yeah, thanks, guys. This has been really fun. And uh, yeah, it's, been, it's nice to talk to people about it and actually kind of, you know, and if you guys have any thoughts or even any feedback, yeah, please just kind of um, yeah, message me on Instagram or um, just email me at hello at late.com. Love to get people's kind of perspectives and feedback. And, and, you know, if you try the app, yeah, let me know if there's anything big or small that you do, don't like. Um, we're small and nimble enough that we can change things. All right. Thanks, Sanjay. Thanks, everyone, for being on. Um, and next week, we've got um, Who Are You? Uh, so about self-awareness, self-acceptance. Um, and so I'll see you then. Yeah, okay. Thank you. Okay. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.